Know Thyself is dedicated to the exploration of the most rewarding task an individual can ever embark on, the journey to find oneself. Our intention is to investigate the universal principles that have equipped our species to seek the treasure of all treasures, self-knowledge. With your hosts, Daniel Powinski and Eduardo Manteca, this is the Know Thyself Podcast. Awesome. All right. Well, then I think we're ready to go. Uh, welcome to the Know The Self podcast. My name is Eduardo Manteca. I'm with Daniel Powinski. Hello. Um, and uh, yeah, I know in the last couple of weeks, if you've been listening, we were discussing um, planets and their correspondence. But today we're going to take a, a different turn and we're going to talk about something more current. Um, talk a little bit more about what's happening in... Um, our daily lives and what this period in time that we all find ourselves in uh, really is all about. And one of the things that I'm really um, describing is a Renaissance period. Now, we will go over the Renaissance period that we're mostly all familiar with, you know, uh, the period of of the European history um, where the Middle Ages go into modern times uh, between the 14th and 15th century and probably before that too, um, I know we have a lot of things to cover, but really what we want to um, cover again back to our current times is the 60-year period that occurs and reoccurs uh, with regards to social change. Um, you know, how new thinking will manifest in the arts and architecture, politics, sciences, and literature. And uh, I know we'll also go into some examples of those 60-year cycles and um different uh calendars that mention this like the chinese calendar or the calendar that the hindu uh describes so uh without further ado though i do want to talk about the origin of this renaissance period daniel if you will yeah awesome hey man well great introduction um and yeah just to kind of touch in with our listeners we are going to get back to the planets um we're just going to kind of slowly work our way through and um, again, really been loving all the information you guys have been sending our way and your response about those. So definitely look out for that. But we did, we wanted to take kind of a break to almost look at um, a term that you would almost call the zeitgeist. And that's kind of the moment you find yourself in. Okay. And that's the moment we do find ourselves in. And that's 2020. And this is such a unique time. I know we really kind of talk more about principles in this class and we're really talking more about other aspects and we really haven't really talked about current events um more with the application of those principles with current events so that's kind of what we're going to look at today but i really wanted to bring up an interesting piece of information that eddie and i kind of came across about like six or seven years ago and when i came across this it really opened my eyes and saw a new perspective so prior to understanding esoteric and occult studies I was um, very much trained in history. I got a history degree. I taught history in public education. So my kind of my foundational understanding is in history. Um, so it's kind of always something that interests me. And so when I found this, it kind of corresponded both my my passion in esoteric spirituality, esoteric uh, occult beliefs, and it kind of tied in um, cycles of history as well. And that's kind of what we're going to be looking at today. So we're really going to be talking about, I mean, kind of 
uh, we're going to be really looking at kind of multiple cycles, but the one we're really going to focus on is, and it's very unique to us, especially in the moment we find ourselves on, is this 60-year Renaissance cycle that we've seen in Western culture since the 1480s. So, you know, before we even before we even progress into what that 60-year cycle is and the evidence of that 60-year cycle, and it's important to understanding it to us in this current moment we find ourselves in, is really kind of starts talking about time. And now we'll probably have a whole podcast discussion about time because um, time is just a fascinating, fascinating subject, especially for the occult student. But our understanding of time is not really correct in actually how time works. Okay. So in the five sense construct that we find ourselves in, we perceive time as linear. Okay. Um, but really, when we really start kind of breaking it down, we see that it's more of a spiral. It's more of a cyclical co- consumption rather than this linear idea. Okay. So um, we really are going to be talking about cycles. And there's a bunch of various cycles that we've seen in history that kind of help us understand the almost like the esoteric energy that's going to be available at a moment and the esoteric energy that's not going to be available at a moment. Mm. Okay, so um, the first one we're going to look at is this 60-year cycle on a renaissance. And like I said, Eddie and I came across this information. I actually came across this information in a um, a Western magic book, and I really wish I would have remembered the title. It's a really cool book. It, it looks like it was a book almost written for a kid, but it's like a whole wizard's encyclopedia. I will definitely pass on. I know I'm always like, hey, I'm going to put this information up on the website or something, and I never do. I definitely will because it's a very... It's a very fascinating book. And again, it kind of looks like a child's book on the cover. But when you really start breaking down, there's a lot of esoteric information. And it really acts like almost like an esoteric encyclopedia. Um, so I remember when we came across this, Eddie and I, it was about seven years ago, we had a lot of conversations of what was going to happen in 2020 because 2020 was the end of one of these cycles, was the beginning of one of these cycles. So it's so interesting when we see the events that did actually happen in 2020. Um, we knew something was going to happen. We didn't, we couldn't know that this was going to happen, but we were kind of aware of it. And um, I mean, we used to have meetings where we would talk about esoteric and occult research. And 2020 was always this really big discussion because we knew it was going to be important. So really what we're going to try to do today is kind of explain what that importance probably is and why they've created so many distractions in the time period we, we find ourselves in. So without ado, let me kind of just go through this list, and then I'll kind of go through each of those levels. Um, but I just want to show you just how interesting this list is, okay? So this is a 60-year cycle. And where this list starts, it only really starts in Western Europe, and it's going to make its way in kind of the New World and the Americas. But this 60-year cycle probably progressed further, and it probably um, continued into the Mediterranean, into the East, and Eastern mysteries, okay? This is just where we're picking it up, is in Western civilization. Um, and it's this, what the first cycle is really going to be kind of the mark of Western civilization, reborn, getting reborn, um, and that's, that's what we're going to look at. So the first 60-year cycle is going to be the Italian Renaissance, and that's going to be in the 1480s, okay? And I'm just going to make my way down, and then we'll go back and talk about each of them. 60 years after that, we have the Age of Exploration, okay? So that's really when we're starting to expand outside of Western Europe, and that's really when we're starting to 
go to North America, South America, and Central America, and Canada. Okay, um, also, we're just expanding the the whole influence of the world. Okay, that's really when almost world history starts. But we'll get into that. Um, so that's the 1540s, the age of exploration. The 1600s, we have the English Renaissance. Okay, 60 years later after that, we have the Scientific Revolution. 60 years after that, we have the Age of Enlightenment and the 1720s. 60 years after that, in the 1780s, we have the American Revolution. 60 years after that, we have the Transcendentalist Movement um, in the 1840s. 60 years after that, in this book, it really considered the end of the cycle and the beginning of news, news cycles. Um, and that really kind of, kind of equates to kind of like the move into more urban life and the idea of creating urban centers, centers, and even that understanding of like nationalism that's going to be kind of birthed out of that. So we'll kind of go into that because I think it's, it goes a little bit deeper than the end of the cycle. But 60 years after the 1900s, we have the 1960s, which is the psychedelic 60s that most of you are familiar with. And then 60 years after that, we find ourselves in 2020, which is what they considered the awakening. Okay, so this is a 60-year cycle that goes all the way back to the 1480s, and it really is looking at all the different kind of renaissance that we've had experience, and we're actually seeing that this is actually a cyclical nature. So it's actually something that we can almost trace and track, and it kind of gives us an understanding of how how renaissance work. And a, and a renaissance is really just a rebirth. So Eddie made a good point. It's like a rebirth in the arts, a rebirth in architecture, a rebirth in science, a rebirth in literature, okay? So just to kind of break these down, just if you're not familiar with what these ages are, um, so the 1480s, that Italian Renaissance, that's really going to be the birth of Western Europe, okay? So this is right after the Crusades, so we just got a lot of information from the Mediterranean, um, and this is the first time that we are actually having an explosion of art architecture and science in the Italian Renaissance. So this is really what kind of kicks that whole thing off. And when you really think about Western Europe and the influence of Western civilization, this is kind of the birth of it. Okay. So the Italian Renaissance is going to happen there. And the Italian Renaissance in the expansion of consciousness is really going to give us the idea of personal glory. So this is really the first time that individuals were actually concerned with what they actually independently accomplished in their lives, okay? So before it was like, what do I do for my kingdom? What do I do for my religion, right? This was the first time, and at least in Western Europe, that individuals are going to start actually wanting glory for themselves. And we're going to start seeing people try to almost like break out of the cycles that they've been in and maybe not just be like, I don't want to just be a farmer my whole life. So you're going to have like artists running away to become artists. Like, romance is going to kind of come from this idea of the Italian Renaissance, okay? Um, right around this time, a little bit later, we're going to have the idea of like love at first sight, okay? Music is really going to expand in this process, okay? And a lot of this is going to be is it's just the lifting of the dark ages, okay? So the church had complete control on the art, the literature, the culture, and the architecture for a very long time, and that power is starting to be lifted in Italy, okay? So the 1480s is that Italian Renaissance, all about that expansion of consciousness, okay? So 60 years after that, we have the Age of Exploration. Now, the Age of Exploration had some 
damaging effects. And all these are going to have positive and you know negative effects. So you have this whole idea of the Columbian exchange and you have this whole transport of the old world and the new world. Okay. And there was a lot of amazing things that happened in this. You like you had individuals for the first time being able to go to the new world and actually become landowners. And we had this like really birth of sovereignty and the whole expansion of the world. Like Europe's expansion, Europe was able to actually like individuals in like before the age of exploration, Ireland didn't have potatoes. Italy didn't have tomatoes. Okay. Hawaii didn't have pineapples. Like this is like how we kind of see the world. So the age of exploration actually gave us the ability for the Western Europe to get like high caloric foods from the old world. And they actually could start building a civilization. Okay, so it's for the first time in the world, people could get like cheap crops and you weren't malnourished. So we actually had like an explosion of population in Western Europe. So we're going to see Western Europe expand. So, and then we're going to kind of see the formation of colonies, which is going to have its own kind of effects. Um, The unfortunate side of this was the Native Americans and the Native inhabitants of the Americas are going to be wiped out between 50 to 90%. So like there's not, it's not the, it's a rebirth of so many things, but there's also negative things. But well, all it is, is really an expansion of consciousness. And really the age of exploration is really the first time when you could actually be talking about world history as a whole. Because prior to that, you were really talking, you could talk about like an individual location and its history, but this is kind of the first time the whole world gets connected. So this is like almost like the physical, first internet kind of thing. This is like when the whole world's getting collected. So it's going to be a shift in consciousness. Okay. There's a bunch of new things happening, right? This is what brought horses to North America. This is what brought oxen to North America. So many things happened. Okay. Um, So that's going to be a 60 year cycle. And then 60 years after that, we're going to have the English Renaissance. Okay. So this is England catching up to Italy, but now English culture is going to have a rebirth. Okay. And it's going to be mostly more based in literature, but also in the arts as well. But we're, again, we're going to have this expansion of consciousness, okay, a focus on arts and focus on architecture, of expansion in the understanding of sciences, okay? So that's the 1600s. 60 years after that, we have the scientific revolution, okay? So um, the scientific revolution is going to be all about the, um, really the scientific method starting to triumph the idea of blind faith to religion. Okay. So religion kind of had a control over scientific thought. And this is science kind of getting back into the position where it belongs. And um, for a very long time, they're going to be able to keep those bars on the same side, kind of like how we talked about how religion does burst best when it's raised with science and science is best when it's based within true religion. Um, but that's what this is really going to be about. It's really about us really starting to celebrate the um the scientific method and how important the scientific method not only is to the study of science, but to the study of ourselves, really just how you break down, you create a hypothesis, the idea of being able to ask critical questions. Okay. So the scientific revolution is going to give us so much more expansion. Okay. So again, it's a, it's a breakthrough in science. It's going to be a breakthrough in literature and even art is going to have a breakthrough. Okay. 60 years after that, the 1720s, we have the age of enlightenment. Okay, this is when we're starting to talk about sovereignty, liberty, okay, for the first time since the Greek Empire, the Greece, okay, since ancient Greece. This is the first time we're talking about like the individual being a sovereign individual, something that we really push for in this 
Know Thyself podcast, okay? Really bringing the idea back to the individual, beyond the idea of glory, but more the idea of human personal sovereignty. As I think, so I feel, so I act, okay? The idea to being able to bow down to no king, which is going to be very, very important. And we're going to see the impact of that 60 years later. So from the 720s to the 1780s, 1720s to the 1780s, we're going to have the American Revolution, okay? And this is going to be where people take that age of enlightenment and they put it into action, okay? And this is going to be the United, the American colonies throwing off the rule of Great Britain. And really what they were throwing off, and we'll kind of get into that later, but they were really throwing off Great Britain printing their money. Because really when you start studying about governments, whoever prints the money is actually in charge. And that's really what that war was about. It was about the American government being able to be self-sovereign rule and also to be printing their own money. Okay, And we'll kind of get into history throughout time because Great Britain's going to, that's going to be their biggest struggle for the rest of our history since, and it's still in effect today, is getting back into printing our money. And um, there's organizations that print our money now that are actually not American organizations. So the 1780s, this American Revolution marked the idea of really putting all those prior 60 years into play. And this is them throwing off the king, okay? Now, the American Revolution... um, whether you think it was a success or not, or whether it's still going on or not, is kind of up to debate. But this was a huge thing. This was the first time people were throwing off the monarchies and we were having sovereign rule. And it's going to have impacts on the entire world. Okay. So that's the 1780s. So again, we're just going right down this 60 year cycle. 60 years after that, we're going to have the transcendentalist movement. Okay. So this is like Ralph Emerson. And this is when we really start seeing the idea of individualism and self-reliance, okay? The idea that you can be your own teacher. This is, I really kind of look at transcendentalism as like Western's approach to almost Buddhism. The idea of going within, the idea of going to the beat of your own drum, okay? Not so much talking about the age of enlightenment sovereignty, like personal sovereignty, like as you think, so you feel, so you act, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. This is more of like going inside, kind of like we talk about really facing that shadow self and incorporating that and becoming the best person you can be. And, you know, really kind of getting connected back to nature and looking to nature as a teacher. So there's a lot of information that we actually speak about that was very prominent in the transcendentalist movement. A lot of transcendentalist movement is a basis to some of this esoteric occult, or they're rebringing up this esoteric occult information. Mm-hmm. And it was a really positive, possible thing. And that's an, also another thing in school that we're actually allowed to speak about. There's a lot of this stuff we can't speak about, but you can actually, you teach about the Transcendentals movement. And it's amazing how much the students really like listening to that. Because it is, it's expansive. It's it's amazing. You know, when you start reading these people's writing, you're just like, oh, this is awesome. It makes you be like, I want to just go live in a cabin in the woods. This sounds great, you know? Um So that's the 1840s. So 60 years after that, we're going to have the end of the cycle, okay? Um, And this really is kind of like a resetting of the cycle because it really kind of starts with like the modern era is almost getting created, right? Um, You know, we're moving towards pretty soon after that, we're going to have automobiles and then automobiles are going to be everywhere. We just have like the creation of cities. Steel is really starting to be used. Um, Transportation's happening. A couple of years after, like, you know, within 20 years, they're going to have the airplane, okay? All this stuff is going to happen. So this is really kind of the end of the cycle and um, kind of the birth of urban life, okay? So 
again, drastically different how we live. We're moving away from living on farms and we're moving to more city roller life. Okay. We're kind of moving towards that like industrial life that we kind of find ourselves in today um, for better or for worse. Um, 60 years after that, we're going to have the psychedelic 60s. Okay. Now, you should be very aware this is going to be kind of like the flower generation. So this is a great example of an explosion of arts, um, literature, music, right? This is a huge explosion of this understanding, even thought, you know, this whole idea of free love. Um, and it was just a really expansive time. Okay. And people at that time didn't know how to handle that, especially the older generation. It didn't really make much sense to them. So, <clears throat> If we continue the 60-year cycle that we just talked about from the 1480s, we see that that 60-year cycle takes us to 2020, and that's the time period we find ourselves in. And so 2020, through this piece of literature that I found this information in, is talking about 2020 as an awakening, okay? An awakening, and I kind of see it as, um, and Mark Passio in this past week described it as, the ability to maybe see in perfect vision, Okay, because it's like 2020, we're starting to see clearly that whole idea of the veil is getting shifted, and we're about to kind of start seeing in clear in clarity. Um, but 2020 really should be a time of a renaissance. Should this should be an expansive time in the arts? This should be an expansive times in science. Should be an expansive time in literature. Okay, um, and we find ourselves in a situation where we're in lockdown mode yeah quite uh, the opposite quite the opposite okay um so how we kind of want to look at this is um first things first is this isn't new information so these 60 year cycles like i said go much further back and there's so many different cycles in history so we're going to talk about the great platonic year in a little bit in this episode but there's so many different cycles and sometimes cycles will end at the same time sometimes they're going to be ending at different times but cycles are always kind of being started in the process and ending um this individual that wrote the book that i got this from isn't the only individual that was aware of this 60-year cycle okay so one thing we have to be aware of is the social engineers that study, that tell you that astrology is made up, that they tell you occultism is made up, and it's just, you know, it's just like a bunch of teenagers doing devil worship stuff. They tell you all this to push you away from this idea. And what they're really doing is, is they're trying to divert the energy that they know is going to be in consciousness at this time so it doesn't accomplish the goals of consciousness expansion they want to use it for negative aspects, okay? This is why they have us fighting in between ourselves. This should not be a time where it's fighting between red and blue or black versus white, right? They're creating these situations. They're, like we said, polarizing us to not see the renaissance that's right in front of us, okay? There is a great awakening that is happening. There's a reason why this pandemic happened when it did there's a reason why the social unrest is happening when it did this is all a distraction of something much bigger okay and that the bigger thing is is it's that expansion of our consciousness okay so what we're really supposed to be going through we're really supposed to be connecting with each other at this time period and, and we can't even connect we literally have to stay six feet apart right so you really have to start seeing again we talk about polarity. We talk about cause and effect, 
okay? See how they made us live in the effect because they knew the cause of what was going to happen. So they saw the potential, they saw the horizon, and they put causal factors into place so we would not be in the correct position to fully take in this occult energy that's happening in these 60-year cycles, okay? This 60-year cycle also explains to you why there's always a little bit of a divide in generations, okay? So they know when that revolutionary energy is coming around, Okay, so like my parents grew up in like the 1980s. I mean, they were kind of came to adults um, and like started families in the 1980s and the 1990s, right? There's a reason why like our generation like struggled just to like get a job and work a nine to five. And it was like really hard for us just to kind of like jump into the workforce where they were very good at it. Like they just were like, oh, I didn't love my job, but I knew that it was a means to my ends, right? Where like the generation that we kind of find ourselves in is just like, I can't work at a job if I don't really 100% like it and I will sacrifice money for a job that I actually like. Well, that past generation wasn't as concerned at that. They were like, no, I, I can work at a job I don't like as long as the ends are justified. So I'm not saying one's better than the other, but there's, if we look at this whole idea of cycles, consciousness evolves in these cycles. So this is why there's always kind of a divide between a parents and the children, okay? It's because there's literally a different conscious perspective on what life is about, okay? Like even to this day, like if I was just like, I want to quit my job and just focus on making podcasts and videos, my parents would be like, don't quit your job. Like stay at your job. You can't do that, right? Um, but it's kind of like that energy, that revolutionary energy that Eddie and I are part of in this generation that we're just like, oh no, you got to just like, you make that leap of faith, right? Um, so the 60-year cycle is also used kind of against us because that's how they almost create divides between parents and kids as well. Because again, they don't educate us on these 60-year cycles and we don't really realize that like, hey, you know what? They have a different perspective than we do. So there's just so much kind of not, you know, it's very much manipulation, but it's just so much like they control the energy and they decide where that energy goes. And we are the people we really need to get into that causal factor to direct that energy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. So him and I, and by him, I mean, Daniel, but Daniel and I were talking about, I mean, it's very obvious, but when you see such a flow of energy and I'll use an analogy of a stream, but you see this stream going down with full force, it's very easy overnight for the people who want to take some of that energy to create small trenches where it'll leak into their um, agenda. And what I mean by that is simply like you already know this um, by just seeing companies right now. All right. So we'll call them companies, but businesses that are basically controlling a lot bigger pieces in their effect on our, on our planet right now are realizing of or have realized this awakening. And so what they do is they direct your energy to still buy into something that they need you to buy into in order to stick around, to be still relevant as far as the power that they've had for many years. And uh, they don't have to do too much um, about it because of this gap that Daniel is talking about between generations. The other generation that was brought into such Con, um, construction of, of, of consumerism, we'll just say, isn't going to let go because it's part of their norm. It's not part of our norm. It's part of their norm. So when that happens, that's where the divide is created. You're going to find people who are going to hold on to that because that's their reality. 
why would I give up my car? I worked really hard to have this car. Well, you have a generation right now talking about like, I could be just fine without a vehicle. Why isn't everything, why is everything that we're doing just deliberately harming our planet? Well, just that conversation itself can just turn off a whole generation of people where they're like thinking, okay, well, I guess you're some kind of liberal hippie and we can't talk about the progression um, that we do as humans. It's like, no, no, no. The progression that you're, descri- that you're describing was was brought up during a period of time where that was socially accepted. And those who constructed things during that time knew that. So they needed their their people to buy into that. And once that idea starts to die off and a new generation comes in, you're going to see conflict. And that's something that I think no one really wants to talk about right now. But the reason we, in my opinion, I should say, are at such conflicts is because these social constructs are falling apart in one end, but as they're falling apart, they don't just crumble to the ground. They get reconstructed. And I think this is where people are not doing their best to figure out who's constructing something that we are deliberately watching falling apart. It's like, if you see this isn't working, then try to at least do your best to understand why is it you don't correspond to that, um, to that, that, that construct, that, that social construct, like it's, it just doesn't work for you right now for a reason. And I think understanding these periods between 60 years will better assist you in understanding like, Oh, this is why I felt this way. And it's very easy to feel like an outcast or feel like, you know, Oh, well they say the millennials, like, don't listen to that in my opinion. Cause you, once you hear titles like that, then you kind of fall into someone else's idea of what you're feeling inside. And you shouldn't do that. What you're feeling inside is real. And it comes from a history of, of evidence. And here's this evidence that we're presenting right now. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's so true. And man, I like how you brought up the idea of, um, their foundation is crumbling but you're right. They're working to patch up that that foundation, okay? Um, and I think we really kind of have to realize that we really have to take like that whole structure down. You know, it's that whole old world is crumbling, and again, you kind of have to put it through the furnace, just like through alchemy. You burn what doesn't work, and you take the parts that do work, and then you rebuild from those ashes, right? right. But you have to go through that that age of that phoenix. Uh, and I think really that's kind of what this this sixty year cycle is kind of really alluding to and really kind of showing us, you know, because I really do feel like the dark occult social engineer powers to be that are in charge are really know that their time is kind of coming to an end at one point and they're just going to be dragging their feet. But I feel like it's really going to come down to again the knowledge of ourselves to transcend these problems that we're seeing. Right. And we we know that these problems are real. And we kind of know that, too, that that all the distractions we are seeing, such as this pandemic, such as the social unrest, is all because we don't know who we are. And again, that's what this whole Know Thyself podcast is all about. You know, we're seeing polarization happening right in front of our eyes. They have us again go back to that episode on polarization and just listen to it. They have us so polarized against each other that we don't realize that we're fighting our brothers and our sisters when really the problem is that we really should be uniting against these social engineers that are really kind of putting these problems in place and are, are making things like human trafficking happen, are making child murder happen. And we're just fighting about whether or not, 
you know, we're fighting about the weirdest things right now, and we're not even looking at the big problems, you know, and and again, it's media has a huge part in that, and the just the idea of how people still believe in the media. You know, it's so funny because we one thing is is we do kind of get delusioned being on this podcast and like the community that we're with. You know, we get so many great responses, and I get so much amazing information about people's personal experience, and I see the amazing things that you post. I forget that the that we're like a small majority in this world that's doing the great work. You know, um, cause like I go to work and I'm just talking to people and it's just so amazing just the amount of fear that they're in and they're mm-hmm. just, they're afraid of everybody, you know, um, they're afraid of everybody and everything. And there's, there's no critical thinking happening. There's nothing. It's whatever the, whatever the media tells me I'm going to do. And you're like, they haven't lied to you before, you know, like great example was like, these are the same people that told you that. Iraq had nuclear bombs. Right? Or in the 60s with Vietnam. Vietnam, the Gulf of Tonkin. Like that mm-hmm. was, we we literally on our historical evidence have a confirmed that that's a false flag attempt. Like that was a false flag attack. So a false flag attack is faking attack and then creating blame about somebody and starting a war. This is exactly how Hitler started the whole movement against the Jewish population. He burnt down the Reichstag and actually planted some communist individuals there. And that's what started the roundups and started with the communists. It started with the gypsies and then it moved to the Jewish population, but they create a false flag terrorist attack. And so they create the, they create the situation and then they react to it. It's called chaos magic. Okay. It's a chaos magic. You can do as a, a light occultist or you can do it as an, a dark occultist. Okay. So like when we were talking about Saturn and we'll talk about Mars, like, that's really what like dark occultists kind of use to generate this energy. And again, these individuals and these dark occult institutions are so organized. Okay. Um, There's the, there's the, the the term conspiracy, conspiracy. Okay. Conspiracy doesn't mean what we believe it to mean. Now, remember we talked about etymology and breaking words up. So con is with, and spiracy comes from spirit, and spirit comes from a spire in Latin, which is to breathe. So conspiracy means to breathe as one, okay? That just means that they these individuals are organized. They think as one, and they breathe as one, okay? And that's why they're able to make all of the earth-moving changes in the universe, okay? And that's why they're able to commit so much control on us. So the universe, and again, you have to understand that the universe doesn't have feelings. Okay, um, if you want to envision your God as being empathetic, you you can, and like that's the God you pray to. That's can, but the universal laws that He put into place are not empathetic, and we've spoken about this. Like the law of cause and effect doesn't matter if you're good or bad. Like it's just going to give you whatever cause you put in. It's going to give you the effect. The law of rhythm it's not going to be worried about that. Like the law of gravity, it doesn't matter if you are the uh, the most holy, unified, conscious individual. If you fall out a window, the law of gravity is just going to react. It's not going to put anything in there. The Just because these individuals have evil operations and they do evil things, the universe respects them more than they respect us because they are organized. 
Okay. So they actually get the stuff done because they are organized. Like we need to really know ourselves, find ourselves out, really be able to decipher what is actually happening in this world and really see what is truth. And that's going to go, the only way you can do that process is to go into yourself and find yourself. And then we need to unify and we need to start really making the changes and really going after the terrible institutions. Like they're, the stuff that are happening to children right now is just unreal. Um, and this has been happening forever. This isn't just isolated to the Catholic Church. This isn't just epi- uh, isolated to a few people in Hollywood or a few politicians. This has been a lifelong thing. That's their currency. Their currency is beyond money. It's beyond power. Their currency really is children. And there's an energy that comes from that. And that's what they embark on. And it's it's something that we have to transcend and kind of have to confront. And we have to confront all the problems that are in this world. But the only way we can confront those problems is finding ourselves first, and then we can make the the actual changes to happen. Um, you know, and one thing I do see a lot too, and I just want to um, kind of change our verbiage, is when people talk about these social engineers, a lot of times you'll hear them reference this as the Illuminati. Um, don't call them the Illuminati, okay? Illuminati means the enlightened ones, Okay. You are the Illuminati. Eddie and I, we are the Illuminati. They are not the enlightened ones. They they take that as, that's like a joke for them, for you to call them the Illuminati. They love it, okay? Call them the social engineers. Call them the people who actually think they have power because they really don't have true power. But never use the term Illuminati when you're referencing these individuals, okay? That's just a they're using word magic on you, and I don't want you to use that word magic, and we don't want to give them power. So when you think about the Illuminati, the individual with the headphones in right now, or the individual that's sitting in their car listening to this, whoever you are, you are the Illuminati, and you are going to make those changes happen. And just like they've been able to create a network, we can create a network. And that's really what this 2020 is all about. And talking about networks kind of brings us up to this next cycle, okay? So you have the 60-year cycle, even though 60 years, is it seems like a long time to an individual consciousness, right? Um, it's really, in on a time scale, it's very small, okay? So the next cycle that we really want to talk about is the Great Platonic Year, okay? And this is really the traveling of the zodiac signs through the equinoxes and through... Right. Um, yeah, so it's really the the traveling of the equal the um, Aquarius of the um, zodiacal signs. Okay, so this is really when you get into like astrological ages. Okay, and it's about two thousand one hundred and sixty five years. There you go. And um, this is really what's going to be what you would say like a larger cycle. Okay, and the cycle that we're in now is the age of Aquarius, and prior to that we were in the age of Pisces. So the age of Pisces is why the prophet from the age of Pisces was Jesus of Nazareth, okay? And you could really even argue that uh, Muhammad was also a prophet of the age of Pisces because he was in that age group. Um, and a lot of this stuff he talked about was very similar to Jesus. Um, so this is why in Christianity, you represent Jesus with a fish because Pisces is the it's the fish in the zodiac sign. And this is why in the age of Pisces, Duality was a really big thing. This is why heaven and hell was a big thing, okay? Mm -hmm. The whole evolution of consciousness was very important to this, okay? And so 
Every 2,165 years, we're going to go through these transitions, and you call it the um, the procession the procession of the equal of the the equinoxes. So it's like the procession of the signs through these these eras, and the age of Aquarius is going to take over, and it's really going to kind of start taking over in the 1970s, and that's kind of the age that we find ourselves in moving into now. Okay, and that's why. Heaven and hell doesn't scare kids as much as it used to scare kids, right? That's why there's not as much duality anymore. We're kind of seeing stuff connection too. Um, but it's very important that we kind of look at what does the age of Aquarius bring us, right? So we've spoken about it before, but the age of Aquarius, Aquarius is a unique zodiac sign because it's the only sign that's a human, mm-hmm. right? It's a man and he's pouring water. So this is really going to signify, and you can just see it in the zodiac, you can just see it in the era of the 1970s is kind of where this got started. This is when technology just explodes, right? And this is when like you could have like home technology, right? Because like if you think about like how crazy cell phones were and how crazy computers are and how we can carry around a computer in our pocket everywhere we go now. Like I remember when cell phones just came out, you know, I remember before cell phones, right. When you used to like leave a note when your mom was out and you would be like, Hey, I went to Kevin's house, going to have a blast. And then your mom comes home and like, well, you're grounded. So you're double grounded. Right. right? right. So, um, but I remember having to write notes for our parents. Right. Um, or having to go to the library just to find out more about a topic. Oh I, man, I mean, that's I a for- lot of energy. To, Can you to, remember that? Right. I do. I do remember having to go there and making a plan to go there and trying to figure out how am I going to get this information for my homework. They want me to find this many references and to do that from, uh, from the comfort of your home is, is quite incredible for sure. Right. Right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And you know, and kind of what we're going to be kind of talking about right there is, um, really what, what does the age of Aquarius brings? It's all this technological advancements and it's technological inf- inf- in- innovations. Okay. And technology is, is like a tool. Like we've said, uh, everything else is a tool, right? We use that reference of the hammer and technology is no different, right? Like if it wasn't for technology, Eddie's and my voices wouldn't be reaching you right now. Like this is amazing that we can reach the amount of people that we reach. We're, we're so blessed for this, right? Technology can also be used for, very terrible things, right? So we also can become addicted to technology, which is something we're seeing very much in our present day society. Um, But this age of Aquarius is all about networking, okay? And when we really kind of think about what the age of Aquarius is all about is it's really about like the internet. And, you know, we're waiting for the profit of the age of Aquarius when it seems that the prophet of the age of Aquarius is the internet, like Messiah, Netsiah. Like if you think about what prophets do, it, it connects civilization, expands consciousness, creates connections, um, opens up new ideas of thinking, right? We, we have released so much information from the internet. Like this occult information, there's a lot of this occult information I learned in books, but a lot of this occult information was given to me through the internet. Right. This is it's opened up information that used to get you burnt out of stake. So we need to really understand that our fate and the fate of the internet is very entwined. That's why when net neutrality was a big thing and it was a thing, it was like it's something you really had to kind of focus in on because like the fate of the internet and the fate of human civilization is very much tied together because if we're going to they can't socially distance us on the internet. Like they're gonna try. Um 
but they can't socially distance us on the internet. Like we're connected to everybody at this point and hopefully more people get even more connected on the internet, but we really need to see how important that network is. And I really kind of think that's what this 2020 awakening is, is finding out our networks. And, you know, it kind of brings you up to the story of the the caterpillar and the butterfly. And I really want to kind of go into a whole podcast episode about this because it's very fascinating, but how the caterpillar happens is it has this internal situation that kind of happens um, that calls it to go into the cocoon. It goes into the cocoon and then as it's starting that process, butterfly cells start to appear, but they're kind of in small networks all over the place. And the caterpillar cell just starts, caterpillar cells just start killing the butterfly, the cells, right? So, you know, they just kind of pop up here and they pop up there and the caterpillar just kind of slowly kills it. Well, what happens is the butterfly cells start appearing a little faster, okay? And the caterpillar is like, okay, they're appearing faster, but I'm not too worried about it, right? And then all of a sudden, when they broke, when they appear, they appear and they start connecting as networks. So then the caterpillar is like, oh, whoa, whoa, this is happening really fast. And then the networks really start getting connected and it happens really quickly. And then the caterpillar is the cells in the caterpillar are actually given a decision. They can either die fighting the butterfly cells or they can live and evolve into a butterfly cell. So the independent cell within the caterpillar literally makes that decision. Am I going to fight the old or am I going to evolve with the new? Okay. Now the caterpillar cell is only going to be, if it's like um, part of the eye, like if it's say it's like part near the middle of the body, it's going to stay in the middle of the body, but it's going to evolve into the butterfly cell. Okay. But once that evolution happens, it gives birth to the wings. So the caterpillar cell does not know the beauty that's going to come from it evolving. And it doesn't really even understand the potential of what's going to happen in this situation, but it gives in to the evolution of what it thinks is greater. And what do you get from that? You get this most beautiful thing with like these beautiful wings. And that's really what like the children represent in this point time period. They really represent their wings, like their consciousness and their understanding and their intuition is what's going to be the wing. So what we are in right now is we are the caterpillar cells. Like this, this whole awakening process is to give birth to the wings that elevate us, give us a higher perspective. Because remember, we said in the last episode or a couple episodes ago, the sky is not falling, we are rising, and that's really what this great awakening is about. But we have to see the changes, evolve with the changes, destroy dark occult evil and replace it with light occultism truth like truth freedom prosperity the great work Mm -hmm. right you know aligning ourselves with truth jumping out of the subjective perspective we have and gaining objective perspective understanding ourselves more completely and we'll see that these cycles are trying to lead us somewhere but that influence is always going to push us away again this is why they the internet has as many apps they do This is why social media is so addicting. This is why pornography is so addicting to the male race and even the female race, right? This is why they make binge watching TV so easy on Netflix. This is why so many different shows come out. This is why all these distractions happen. Um, And we really need to kind of focus on transcending all this stuff and seeing that really, you know, what we're here to do in this five sense construct is to learn, know thyself. And that's like what this process is all about. No, couldn't have said it better. I really, um, I applaud you on your analogy about the butterfly, but also bringing in 
um, the realistic components to that analogy because that's something that I struggle with with a community that I want to connect with is that to trust that the process will have a better outcome is the great work. And a lot of people think, well, no, I know what I trust. It's an intuition and I, I, can, I can tell you what I trust. But as Daniel said, what we want to do is live in truth. And if we all want that common goal, then we have to put down our low vibrating um, senses on hold so that our complex is constantly being uh, put in front of us, which all it does is it keeps you away, back to your analogy of the caterpillar, keeps you away from the potential of the evolution that could happen and make you more concentrated on killing the cells that will give you that um, higher perspective. Or at least in, in the sense of the caterpillar to butterfly, the, the new form that you will take. And I think that everybody wants to evolve. Everybody wants to get to that place. Everyone wants to see. You'll hear that in conversations. If you are able to break through these walls that we're all slowly building amongst one another, um, if you can get through those walls, you'll hear the common ground is the same in all walks of life, which is people want happiness, people want truth, people want all the things that encompass those qualities of life. But to get there right now, it's never been more difficult. And some people even tell you how frustrated they are about that. They're like, you know, I, I can't I can't wave to my neighbor. I've, I've used that example before. Well, of course you can right now. Everyone is so confused onto what is going on and how they can trust one another. But again, if you are able to get through that barrier or through that wall, you'll find that that person right next door to you wants the same things that you've always wanted. The problem is right now is this wealth of information that we do have is being swayed in directions that um, aren't really up to us. And that's what's frustrating. You need to think twice about that. You need to think about why an idea is constructed and why it invades your true intuition and your true inclination to truth, which is why children are always right on the money. You know, they really understand what they're what they're seeing, what they're feeling, because they haven't learned something that's been put out there artificially yet. But as soon as they pick it up, and right now there's an abundance of those things to pick up, well then that purity or innocence does go away very quickly, um, quicker than I think most people want to believe. It's like, no, no, they'll have enough time to think about what's right and wrong. I'll let my child or my son or daughter grow up into this world, but they'll figure out what's right for them. It's like, no, it's not really up to you. There's so many things being dropped in front of them that before you know it, that child becomes an adult and you tend to wonder, how did I raise this person? Like, I don't even agree with these principles. Well, again, don't blame yourself too much. It does have a lot to do with those who put these ideas in front of them are just really quick at it. And, you know, um, I saw some article recently, not to like get um, specific, but I know that because of Corona right now, they're using the excuse to skip over history. They're, they're talking about some schools not necessarily needing to teach history right now because there are other things that should be learning about. And I just think that's something that you should think about. You know, it's just interesting how... Um, <laughs> such a basic statement can be overlooked. People are like, well, what's the big deal? You know, like whether this person won this war or that person won this war, who really cares? And I just think it's interesting that there's new generations right now in all of this chaos being um, exposed to uh, 
I don't know, just a lot of things that we should look into a little deeper. And again, back to reiterate what Daniel and I always say is, this is what this is all about, knowing thyself. Okay, we're not here to put down an idea based off of a religion or based off of matter of fact. These are things that are a lot older than 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 we can even like really understand, but yet they still carry on into this century and into this um, point in time that we're in for a reason because it lies within truth. Mm-hmm. That's really why you feel the, the things you feel. So don't deny that either. I know that there's a struggle right now between individuals, and I can say this with my experience with friends, where they feel that things are not in order and they want to do something about it, but the tools that they have or the blueprints that they've been given are just in utter chaos. And so nothing gets done. And it's really hard. I mean, just even having a discussion should just be a discussion. I can't tell you how many people right now as we speak in in both my, I have two jobs. So I get to meet people from all walks of life. And one of those jobs is my own company. And so I'm the one who has to confront these individuals. I can't really leave it up to a boss or another higher individual. It's me. And when that happens, I find myself um, being trapped in corners where people want to really either tear something apart or they really want to express their discomfort with a situation. So rather than having just an open conversation, it becomes very black and white, very quick. And if you're not careful enough, that person has signed off. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's important to to realize. If we're all feeling that way, then maybe there is more going on than what the eye meets. And being able to see and lean into truth is a task. But that's why you learn about yourself in order to take on that task. Right. You know? Yeah. No. I, awesome, man. Because I, it's it's so right. Because you do. It's like you. It's 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 such an interesting time to be interacting with like anybody because it's just like and then you don't know and then it's like it's just so funny when like you're talking to somebody like i somebody was talking to me and they like pulled their mask down to start talking and it was like it, to me it was like the nicest thing somebody's done to me in like such a long time they were just like oh i i don't think this is bullshit you know what i mean and it was just like so amazing because like it just like transcended that whole situation but it's just um it's just unreal, but you really bring up the idea of, you know, this is why it's so important to learn principles. And we have so many um, amazing parents that listen to this podcast and really have always kind of reached out to me. And I, and I think that's so amazing that that's you're so concerned about, like, how do I educate my child? And again, learning these principles, learning stuff that a principle doesn't waver to the circumstance. Okay. We talked about what that soul over circumstance and why you want to learn principles, but like the law of cause and effect doesn't change in this, this pandemic that we kind of find ourselves in. And, and really we kind of believe that the, the disease is real. We're not the design that the disease is real. The pandemic and the reaction to it is a social engineer. It's a psyop operation and they always are doing psyop operations. Um, but the disease is real. So we're not denying that. But, you know, principles don't waver and you need to align yourself with principles and you need to stand strong to those principles because that's your foundation of when the situation does get heavy, you have those principles to fall back on and that's what you rely on. And that's your, not your safety nest, but that's your shield. Okay. Um, and that's also going to be your sword and how you protect yourself. And, you know, you stay strong to your principles, right? You, 
you stay, you protect the sovereignty of yourself. You make sure that you are your own sovereign king, right? You don't bow down to anybody because you are the only king. The only thing to bow down to is the creator of that universe, right? You're your own sovereignty. Don't let them take that away from us. And, you know, as I think, so I feel, so I act. And that's going to be... That's going to be so important, but they they really do. When we, if you think about that episode when we were talking about the brain, they have us living in the R complex right now. We are stuck in that survival mode, and if, if you're stuck in that survival mode, you're not climbing that tower to get to the neocortex. Okay, so you know one thing we were going to um, another thing I kind of wanted to address about 2020 really quickly. We were going to talk about the um, the journey of the hero. Joseph Campbell's um, kind of 12 steps of a hero this week. Um, but we're going to push that back. Um, so I think we're going to do a planet next week where we might kind of do both. Maybe we'll just do two episodes because we love we love hanging out with you guys and talking. Um, but we are going to do the journey of the hero very soon. But the first stage, and I kind of, this kind of brings up with 2020, is the call to action. Okay? So, again, when we talk about 2020 and this great awakening – this is this whole pandemic thing that's been created. We, if we talk about cause and effect, we always kind of want to use their events against them, right? If they put out an energy, we invert that and send it back to them. This is the first time we have had a global call to action. It is the first time that the entire globe has been called to start the journey of the hero. Okay, that's very powerful. Okay, even when there was like a terrorist attack that affected America and the Western countries, the whole world wasn't involved. This is a call to action for the entire globe. Everybody has been affected by this. Okay. Um, everybody is being called to go on that journey to transcend themselves, to find themselves and become out the other side their best possible person. Okay. So again, I know this is negative. I know we're very behind and we're losing this spiritual warfare. And I know it's it's going to be a really hard thing. They've got their chips stacked and we're really just organizing our chips. But we have this ability. There's a reason we have this awakening that can happen if we all hear that call to action and really try to conquer our destiny, right? Destiny's got your phone number. We just have to give it a reason to call. Well, Destiny is calling all of us all at the same time. So there is an ability right here to really, really make some drastic change. But we have to actually do that call to action. You won't do that call of action if you're living in fear. You're not going to do that call of action if you're stuck in a polarized state. You're not going to do that call of action if you're living in the effect of a social engineer psyop operation. Okay? So really educate individuals on this, this global call to action and realize that, again, you're the magician, okay? You're the alchemist. You are going to invert the energy they give you and you're going to transmute that up. You're going to take it from lead is what they're giving us and we're going to turn it into gold, okay? And we're going to do that through our free will decisions. We're going to do that about our sovereignty of ourselves. We're going to do that with the, our love of truth and the love of all all objects and all individuals and the love of consciousness because we are going to expand that consciousness. But we... It starts with you, and um, we're late. Like I'm, I'm just saying, like the time's up. Like there's, there's no time to wait for this. This is they're making moves. The chess, the chessboard is moving. 
Um, we want to just make sure that we stay in the white squares and let's checkmate them. Okay. So, uh, tip our hats to you. And, uh, Eddie, did you have anything else that you wanted no. to add in about 2020? No, well said. Um, well, I guess the only thing I would add is that to make those moves might seem like an impossibility, but going back to, uh, Manly P hall, it's those small wins. Okay. So when we talk about those who construct our reality, we're not here to talk about things that are just, you know, here and there. They're happening right now. We all even said it, right? The news. You can just use the news. Let's just focus on something that you do know of. And it's those four little words, you know, the, the news and uh, um, basically what you see is what reality may not be. And you can control that. You can control that by a kind gesture and you can control that by having empathy and not leaning into fear. That's that's a great start. So don't, again, we talk, um, we, we can talk about a lot of these principles and putting them into effect, but they're a lot more simpler than I think most of us have ever been taught. You know, I think we, we, we do learn them at a young age and we used to actually lean into them a lot more when we did follow um, a path of religion or an organization or community that live by the same moral compass. But right now, a lot of that seems to be lost. And to find it again, you just got to really reach within because you're already born with these principles, just like a child. You have these things, you know, better, you know, that it's not the person next to you who hates you, you know, it's just a thought. So, you know, take a, take a step back if you can, it, you know, that's what I try to do for myself. Um, I try to take a step back, assess, and then come into the situation after I've given myself space. Um, again, that's just a little piece of advice I guess I have to say in regards to what Daniel and I have been talking about today. Because if you hear all this at once, you could say, well, what can I do? How can this be done? The world is falling apart. And it's like, you know what? Take a breath. You can still take in that oxygen and you can still exhale a solution rather than just holding your breath and reacting. And so... Um, that's pretty much all I have to say. And I do want to recommend, I don't know if this is something I, I ever thought I would say, but there's a song I recommend in regards to a lot of these basic principles by an artist that does a, a beautiful job at, at writing music. And his name is Kevin Morby. And the song's called Beautiful, beautiful Strangers. Just listen to this song and it'll talk a lot about what we're talking about right now, which is the alignment to truth and and being able to Make that informed opinion about someone else on your own rather than by the idea someone else has presented to you, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, with that being said. Eddie the DJ. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Well, yeah, well, I guess with that being said, my man. uh, Until next time. Until next time.